Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to open up with a story. I was raised in the home of immigrant parents, and uh, my mom and dad, they taught us chores. They wanted to make sure we had lots of responsibility. We were trained, and so we had weekly chores. We had monthly chores. But nonetheless, my mom waited on us hand and foot. She just waited on us like crazy. For instance, she did all the laundry, but back then we, we were in parochial school, so we had dress blue pants and dress white long sleeve cotton shirts, and she had to iron all those, and she did everything, had it all put away for us. She cooked every meal for us. When I woke up in the morning, all us brothers, she said, what do you want for breakfast? And whatever we said, pancakes, eggs, uh, fried potatoes. She just made us whatever we asked for for breakfast. Um, then she made us lunch every day. If we, She made our lunches, but if we were home, she, she made lunch. And then she made dinner every night. And then she always made a dessert um, with dinner. So every night we had a homemade dessert. That's pretty cool, huh? And uh, she worked uh, in the house. She didn't work outside the house. Of course, she had seven boys, so that was harder than what my dad did, right, for a living. And so I kind of got used to the wife doing those things. And then then I married Gina, and uh, <laughs> no, I didn't say it for that reason. Uh, <laughs> Gina, Gina obliged me, so she, she was working outside the home, and she did everything my mom did. She, she, she did all the laundry, she did all the grocery shopping, and then she, she liked to work out, so she'd get up at 5 a.m. to work out, and then she would cook me. It hold it. She'd begin to cook supper so it would be ready when we came home, and she made my lunch, and she just she did basically everything my mom did, and it was a good ride. It lasted a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> then she became pregnant with Joe, <clears throat> and one, one morning she did all that, got up early, and she made soup. That was one of the things she made, and, and I critiqued her soup that evening. And I said, now, honey, uh, these vegetables are too big. Now, these are great for stew, but you shouldn't use a have to cut vegetables in soup. You need to make them a little smaller. And then at that point, an explosion happened. <laughs> it was two plus years in the making. And uh, she just looked at me and she said, I am not your mother and I'm not going to wipe your butt like your mother wiped your butt. <laughs> and she just lit into me and I'm like, where did all this come from? I mean, I thought we were best buddies, you know? And, and then she lit into me, and she went on to say this. She said, you're never thankful. She said, you criticize, but you never say thank you. And I said, that's called critiquing, not criticism. Come on. And, and, uh, and then as she spoke and she shared her heart, I realized she was 100% right. And I realized that I was not a thankful person. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even thankful to God. I just was not that way. And so it's a time in my life, just a little bit over 30 years ago, I began to make some changes, and I began to make the decision, and I began to live in it. I'm going to become thankful, not only towards Gina, but also towards God. And you've heard me say this before, guys, and some of you are like me, some of you aren't, but I, I'm a the glass is half empty kind of person by default. That's my default. So I, I see everything very negatively, and I have to make myself become positive. Like just a couple days ago, Gina's sitting on the bed in our bedroom. She likes to sit on there in, in the early morning, and the sun was out. She had, she had the shades up, and, and, and she's just 
doing her prayers and typing her prayers out and all that. And I walk in and she says, isn't it beautiful out there? And I literally looked outside and didn't think it was. And uh, so what happens is my gears start turning and she can tell I don't respond properly. And I, and I didn't say anything. I said, it's okay. And she said, how can you say that? It's beautiful. I said, honey, honey, when I look out there, the grass is brown, and I'm too lazy to water it. It's not going to happen. And this tree is overgrown, and it's blocking our house, so it has to be trimmed, but I don't know when I'm going to get to that. And, and I just look at life differently. So every day I have to make a decision, I'm going to be thankful. And that is a job for me to do. And some of you are that way. Some of you are happy people. I, I'm a little bit envious. You're always happy. But, but we're going to learn something from an encounter. Jesus had this encounter with 10 leopards. Only one out of the 10 got it. Only one out of the 10 understood it. And we want to be like the one out of the 10. And so we're going to see that today. We're going to deal with this thing called Thanksgiving because it's very, very powerful. And I just want to throw a word at you. This is a Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word yada, 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 yada. And here's, here's, here's what it means. It means to give thanks. It paints the picture of our hands being up and open as we give thanks with our lips. So that's one way to give thanks. You can also give thanks with your hands in your pocket. It's just a picture that's painted. And it goes on, and, and, and it, just to say, it's used 114 times. It's translated thank, thanks, and thanksgiving. Now, I just wanted you to see how many times it's used in the Old Testament. That's amazing. It's amazing. Here's a verse where it's used. Psalm 9.1, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. And that's yada. And so God's telling us over and over, be thankful. Be thankful. And I want to show you why today. It's so powerful. One out of the ten leopards understood it. But then I want you to understand this about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is praising God when you're not praising God. So praising God is referring to worship. So you know what we just did today, how we went through a worship service, we sang our songs. That's what I mean by praising God. Now, if you study the Bible, when you worship, God does incredible things. He's able to do all these amazing things in our lives when we worship. Well, Thanksgiving is worship, but you're saying it. And here's what I want you to understand about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is praising God when you're not praising God. Can we all agree we can't go through our day singing worship songs all day, right? We have to get to work. We have to, you know, interact with people. But guess what? We can all be thankful. No one has to hear us, but we can be thankful. We can all give thanks. When no one's listening, we can whisper it. When we're walking from here to there, we can say, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for that. And it's amazing because you know what the Bible says about worship or praise? It says God inhabits our worship. It creates an atmosphere for God's presence. And God's presence isn't weird. It's his life, which is different than anything on this earth. It's his love, his peace, his joy. And if we can learn to give thanks, we'll have all those things in our life also. So here's my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out remembering more clearly than ever. This has changed my life. I've been working on it for 30 years. Still have to wake up every day and say, I'm not going to go to default, which is negative. So I have to work on it, right? But, but here's the big idea. Gratitude gives God latitude. And so here's what happens in our life. If we complain, if we're critical, we, we, we confine God to this little space. And there's so many things he wants to do that he's not able to do. When we begin to be grateful, give thanks, it opens up and it gives God all this latitude and he's able to do some amazing things 
in our life. And it's amazing to watch what he does as you and I just give thanks. It's absolutely amazing. So we want to take a look at the 10 lepers, and we're going to see the first of three things we can open up the latitude of God with. And I think you're going to enjoy it. But let's just start our story. If the story is in Luke, and it reads like this, Luke 17, 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now here's why they were at a distance. According to the Old Testament, the law of Moses, which they were living by, they could not come within 50 yards of a person that didn't have leprosy. So think about that. That's half a football field, just to help you understand it. They could not come within 50 yards of anybody that didn't have leprosy. So when they contracted this disease, they were separated from their family. So think about it. Separated from their mate, their parents, their children, their loved ones. They had to leave their career. This was a crushing, crushing disease. And it's also called Hansen's disease. And it's actually, leprosy is a bacteria that gets in the upper respiratory tract. It's very contagious. And so when they had it, they had to separate them. And it has been cured. Antibiotics, a very strict regimen, can actually cure people of it today. But back then, there was no cure. And it devastated your life. It would begin by putting lesions on your skin. So here's a picture of a guy with leprosy. And you see how awful it is. And it would happen all over his body. And then body parts would begin to fall off. So here's a guy with his fingers missing. This is from leprosy. And your ears would fall off. Your nose could fall off. Your fingers, your toes. Eventually, you could have no foot. So not only were they uh, ostracized, not only did they have this awful thing all over their skin, they began to become crippled up. It was a terrible disease. And so they're screaming and they're saying, Jesus, Jesus, have pity on us. And listen to what happens. Luke 17, 14. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, in the Old Testament, it says this in Leviticus 14. It says, if anybody with leprosy is miraculously healed, um, if, if a prophet prays for them or something and they're miraculously healed, they must first show themselves to the priest and the priest must give them a thumbs up and say, you, you can go back into society. And so that's why Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, he said, I'm going to heal you. They had to use a little faith, right? They had to make a decision to start walking towards the priest. And as they did, notice what happened. They were cleansed. And I don't want to throw a lot of Greek at you today, but the Greek word here translated as cleansed, you know what it means? It just simply means that the leprosy left. That's all that happened. They were cleansed from this bacteria. The leprosy left, and that's it. So if they lost an ear, the ear was still off. If they lost a nose, the nose was still off. If they lost fingers, the finger. It's not referring to healing that's supernatural, that brings everything. It just means they were cleansed. And that's really important. Watch what happens as we read on. It goes on, Luke 17, 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, referring to the cleansing, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Now, the word praising is doxa. It just means 
give honor, give glory to God. And then he's saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Throws himself at Jesus' feet. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what we're going to see. Gratitude produces restoration. That's the first thing I want you to see. And, and we'll see it in the next verse. Not only was this man cleansed, his nose grew back, his, his fingers grew back. It's amazing. Watch what happens, verse 17 and 18. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Listen to verse 19. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now the word well, it's one of my favorite words in the New Testament. Do you know what Greek word this is? You'll never forget it. It's the Greek word sozo. Now, you know how someone asks you how you do and you go sozo? This is the Greek word sozo. It's S-O-Z-O, sozo. And when someone asks you how you're doing next time, play, play a little joke on them. Say sozo, sozo, which means this. You know what this word means? It's a cool word. It means to be delivered. means to be healed. But here, here's the kicker. It means to be totally restored. So here's what happened. Because this man gave thanks, not only, he was already cleansed. The other nine were already cleansed, so that, that's, that's a done deal. Jesus did that on his mercy. This guy comes back giving thanks, and now not only is he cleansed, his fingers grew back, his nose grew back, his ears grew back. Whatever was missing, he was totally restored. And here's what we want to see from this. Gratitude brings restoration. And I know this has happened in my life. You know, God comes through or I get through this terrible situation. It could be relational, could be financial, could be physical, but you come through it and then you can almost look and say, well, I'm out of it, but, you know, this is still wrong and uh, this is still messed up and I don't know what's going to happen here. And it's so easy not to give thanks. And here's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be the one that came back and just be thankful for what we do have. Just thank God for what you did get out of. Thank God for what has happened. And here's what happens. Gratitude gives God latitude, and God's able to bring restoration. And that's absolutely amazing to us. That is an amazing thing, guys, the restoration part. So I, I have made myself be a thankful person. And again, it doesn't come easy, but I just made a decision because I can look at something God does and say, that's okay, you could have done better, God. I mean, come on, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But I've learned to be, you know what, just thank you for what I do have. Thank you for what you did do. And it's amazing to watch what God continues to do in our life. We don't want to box them in. We want to give them latitude. Here, here's the second thing, and we need this in our lives, right? Um, gratitude releases peace. This is heart peace. Um, this is not referring to peace between us and another person. This is referring to peace in our heart. And can we all agree we live in a day and age where we could use some peace in our heart, right? Uh, not only do we have personal conflict of one sort or another, relational, physical, financial, that's always going to be there one way or another. But then we live in a world that's unsettled. Can we agree the world's not settled? There's a lot of question marks, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and so on and so forth. But Thanksgiving, if we learn to be thankful, it will literally release on the inside of us the peace of God, which is really cool, because now you're not worrying, you're not fretful. So I want to show you how it's used with prayer, and then it works by itself. But here's Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about uh, anything, but in every situation. So whenever something's bad, whenever something's not going good, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Now notice, coupled with, with, coupled together with thanksgiving. Now, when you thank God, something amazing happens. When you thank him after you pray, that means you believe he heard you. So you're saying thank you for the answer before I see it. But you can be thankful all day even when you're not praying. And here's what happens. Verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love the word transcends. It means to supersede. And look at what it does. It supersedes your understanding. So if you're like me, one of the reasons I'm critical and pessimistic is because the way my mind works, I'm always calculating. I'm evaluating everything I see. That's a plus and it's a negative for, for, for you if you think that way. And so for a guy like me that can look at everything that's going on and it could just be overwhelming thinking, wow, this is crazy. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how. But then you begin to be thankful and God allows his peace to come up and it supersedes your thought life. And somehow, I don't know how God does it, but it brings peace to your whole being. And there's nothing like the peace of God. So instead of complaining, being critical, instead of saying what we see, how cool would it be if we just learned to thank God? And I'm going to give you three things you can always thank God for no matter where you're at in your life, whether things are bad or good. And when you do, the peace of God literally supersedes all the anxieties and it brings a calming peace into our lives. Uh, I know some people because of chemical imbalances, I know they need medication. Most of us don't. But this is like a medication, man. When you're anxious and you're nervous, just to release that medication is absolutely amazing. Here's number three. You want to give God latitude in this third area. And, and I say it this way. Gratitude brings victory. Here's what I'm referring to. I bet if I were to ask, almost every one of you in this room could raise your hand with an answer. Have you ever been confronted with a situation that you look at it and all you can think is I can't fight this or I can't win this on my own. That's what we call overwhelming odds. It's like there's no way that I can win this battle. My kids laugh at me, my wife laughs at me, but sometimes we'll be out and we'll see this, you know, I'll see a guy I know, I'll say hi, and he'll walk away and I'll just look at my wife and say, I don't think I could take that guy. And she just laughs. She goes, why do you even think that? I go, I think if I hit him, he wouldn't feel it. Because you know how some guys are just huge? I don't even think he could feel my punch. And she goes, why does it matter? I go, I don't know. I'm just, I, there's, I don't think I could take him. And I run, I run into situations like that all the time in every area of my life. And you do too, where you say, I, I don't think I can take this, but I just can't take this. This thing's bigger than I am. And when something's bigger than you are, the last thing you want to do is give up. But what, what happens is if you learn to thank God, it's amazing. It will give God the latitude to literally fight in your behalf. And so there's a story in the Old Testament has to do with Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. And he had three armies at one time attack him. And you can read it this week. It's amazing. And he just, he, he, he just was going crazy. He goes, we can't win. We can't beat him. So then he decided, let's pray. And he prays and he fasts. And then God speaks to him through a prophet. And here's what God says, Second Chronicles 20, 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it's, the God. it's God's. Now, sometimes, you know, we're supposed to pray and believe God and do all those things. But sometimes, man, something hits our life that is so big, so tough. We look at it and say, I don't think I can take this thing, right? I can't take this thing. And God says, all right, 
I'm going to fight the battle. And then he gave him instructions. Listen to the instructions. It's in 2 Chronicles 20 and uh, in, in verse 21. And it says this, Joshua, support, Joshua appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Remember, thanksgiving is praising God when you're not praising God. Now they're doing both. And so they're singing, they're worshiping, they're giving thanks, and it's the most amazing thing. Now, did you notice? They went before the army. So I want you to just imagine this. Imagine. We have Michelle and Kelly who sang today, and then Wally who played, all our musicians. Can you imagine if we were going to war? We have all our guys with guns, and we're going towards the enemy, and instead of the guys with the guns, we have our worship team singing and worshiping and saying, thank you, Jesus. How many of you think that looks pretty much out of place, right? Wouldn't you want your Navy SEALs to go up first? You know? but, but no, the people giving thanks, the people praising are going first. God's trying to show us something. When something's bigger than you are and you cannot handle it, the best thing in the world to do is we could praise, but you can't do that all day long. But guess what you can do all day long? You can give thanks. And that's what they did. They said, thank you, God, your mercy endures forever. And then notice what God did in verse 22. It says, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Now, if you read all the verses, God literally caused such confusion. They, they fought each other, and they literally killed one another. And so it says in verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place overlooking the desert, remember the worship team's coming first and the army hasn't shot one shot. They come up and it says the desert looked toward the vast army. They saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. God fought a battle. They never, ever lifted a weapon. And God fought a battle because of what came out of their mouth. And that's why I'm saying gratitude gives God latitude. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to go through this day and get up tomorrow and go through the week and give thanks to God because giving thanks to God brings restoration, it brings peace, and it brings victory. Can we give it up to him one more time for God? Because that's awesome. It's awesome. <clears throat> I was telling Gina last night after service, some of you not being a ministry, man, I get to I said, I wish I was a preacher, because I said, if I gave my notes to a preacher, they would bring the house down. But I'm a teacher, so it's exciting once in a while to get a clap. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, <laughs> I thought, if I gave this to T.G. Jakes, he would burn the house down with it, right? So, so, um, so, so I want to just show you three things you can always praise God for. Here's number one. We can thank God for his mercy. How many of you love the mercy of God? Listen to this, Psalm 136.1. Oh, good thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Do you know what the mercy of God is? It's when we need a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. I'm up to a thousand in some areas. And you just, you just need chance after chance after chance. And you say, I'm sorry, I blew it again, I blew it again. And God says, hey, I forgave you. Jesus died for you. You're forgiven. That's the mercy of God. And all of us, at any moment, any time in our lives, no matter what's going on, we have one thing we could give thanks for, God's mercy. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. You and I can be thankful for the mercy of God. Here's the second thing. Um, we can thank God for what he has done. 
I like that. Psalm 9.1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. In other words, Lord, thank you for what you did last week. Thank you for what you did last year. And just reminding yourself of what he did. Now, some of you might be here saying, God hasn't done anything for me in a long time. Well, if you're a Christian, he did some amazing things for you, and we should be thanking him all of our lives, right? He washed our sins away. He made us righteous and holy and blameless in his sight. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Heaven's our future destination. God's our Father. He loves us more than we love ourselves. So we can always thank God, even if not for anything else, for that. And here's the last thought, man. We can thank God that he won't forsake us. You may think he forsook you, but he hasn't, and he never will forsake you. Listen to this promise, Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes when you feel forsaken, what a great time to lift your voice up. Because if you don't lift your voice up and give thanks, here's what's happening God's confined in a box. You're complaining. You're saying what you see. You're just saying, where's God? When's God going to show up? Why did God let this happen to me? And you're just boxing him in. You need to just say, you know what? I don't understand this, but I can do this. I can thank God that he'll never forsake me. I can thank him for his mercy. I can thank him for what he has done. And if you thank God, you bust that box down, and gratitude gives God latitude. Hey, you guys have been really fun. Can you give me one more clap and just thank God for this, man? It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and pray. Lord, I did my best on this subject. Man, we thank you for encounters. We thank you for what we learned in this series. We thank you for every single lesson. Ryan's, Pastor Bill's, the three I had the privilege of teaching, Lord. Lord, thank you for rocking our world with this series. Lord, here's our heart's prayers. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Help us be more thankful. Make us more aware of it. And as we go through today and we go through tomorrow in our week, Lord, show us when we're not thankful and help us all see it so, Lord, we can just begin to be thankful. Give us a grace to be more thankful than we are. And Lord, we thank you that gratitude gives you latitude. And we make a decision right now to give you more latitude to work in our lives. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you walked in today and you weren't sure of your forever. You weren't sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. Maybe you're at TCI. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here at the Warren campus and you just say, man, I'm not sure if I were to die, if I'd go to heaven or to hell. I want to just speak to you for a moment. I'm not asking you right now if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are great things, but that doesn't mean you met Jesus and you're going to go to heaven. That's just something you did, and those are good things to do. But if you haven't met Jesus, they don't do anything for you. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it real, you made it personal with God, and you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, and I accept you as my Savior. When I did it, the lights came on. My life changed forever. If you're listening, you say, I can't remember doing it. Why not do it right now? And everything will change. If you believe that what we said about Jesus, that he died for your sins, he's the only way to heaven, He's the Son of God. Whoever trusts in Him will not perish but receive everlasting life. Pray this prayer with me. Everyone else, can you help them pray, all of us that have prayed? And just say this after me. If you're praying it the first time, mean it in your heart. Just say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner and I need a Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, this day, 
I look to you. I believe you died for the sins of the whole world. God raised you up out of that grave. You're the Savior. You're the Son of God. And this day, I place trust in you. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for saving my soul. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen up, listen up. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. You may not have felt anything, but God did wash your sins away. God did give you the gift of eternal life. It's amazing what just happened. But you know what else is happening right now? The Bible teaches us that God himself and all of heaven are celebrating. If one person on planet earth prays and accepts Christ, Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.